0: Hello um, and welcome to uh, Art Tells a Story, Let It Tell Yours, um, a production sponsored by the Reese Brothers, but which involves uh, four different um, organizations talking to um, artists in our Columbus community. Uh, my name is Tyler Ken. I'm the uh, head of exhibitions and Pazuti family curator of contemporary art at the Columbus Museum of Art. And it's um, my great pleasure to be here with um, Sheila and Danny Restack, um for a kind of virtual studio visit and chat. And it's, um, it's great to see you both. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so maybe I'll just like introduce you both briefly and then we can, um, we can talk a little bit about, about your, your work. I know you have some images to show us as well um, but l- I can just sort of briefly say that, um, well, Sheila, who appears on your left, maybe raise your hand, Sheila, <laughs> there you go, Hello. <laughs> um, is a Associate uh, Professor and Chair of Studio Art at Denison University, um, and, um, and Danny is Associate Professor of Drawing at OSU. Um, They have embarked on, you know, quite, I think, a very special artistic relationship um, that is really closely tied to their life together um, and the the spaces they inhabit and the community around them, Um, you know, that kind of like everyday space. And so since we are all in a moment right now that we are are thinking very deeply um, about our immediate environments and our our homes, where many of us are, um, although we should um, also spare a word for those who are forced out of their homes and into, um, you know, potentially quite dangerous situations in the course of their everyday lives. Um, You know, for for those of us who have been at home for um, several weeks now, it's, um, I thought maybe this is a kind of chance to talk to two artists who who really engage questions of domesticity um, and family quite deeply. Um, So their collaborations have been shown at the the Whitney Biennial 2017. Um, Iceberg Projects in Chicago, Toronto International Film Festival, Images Film Festival, uh, Toronto Lyric Theater, um, Leslie Lohman Projects Space, um, GAA and Wellfleet, uh, and of course, the Columbus Museum of Art, um, uh, particularly in 2017, it was our Greater Columbus Arts, um, Arts Council Visual Arts um, exhibition, uh, which was fantastic. So um, <clears throat> maybe I will also interject a trivia question here. Um, mm-hmm. The winner of this trivia question gets a $25 gift certificate to a piece of cake. Um and the question is, Drumroll, um what is the first chartered or what is the first museum chartered in the state of Ohio? And uh maybe bonus points if you can give us the date. So with that, let's turn to uh to Danny and Sheila. Um, how are you?
1: Good. We're we're doing all right. We're um we're at home <laughs> and uh, really grateful for the opportunity and happy to have a chance to talk to you Tyler and share you know, some thoughts and kind of have like some sort of virtual sense of community and being able to communicate at a time when it feels kind of like there's a lot of isolation.
2: So thank you. Can I, um, I wanna start by uh, sharing an image just to kind of give you a sense of, of how we are operating um can everybody see that yeah that's a that's a pile that we made in the kitchen so um we made that's how we made the uh image for the piece we made at the columbus museum of art um we piled up in the kitchen and then um with the help of the installers there we we built this installation that when the video was on you could see that and when the video light turned white uh, this is what you could see which was kind of um, an abstraction i mean it was it becomes abstract without the image like i'll show you a detail of the dishes so that's those are the dishes in the cabinet which um then become this when the light is on awesome. like it's just white light rather than the video so I just want to um, open with that as a way to be in a domestic space and uh, invent.
0: <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, um, I, I think that's really interesting, you know, because there is a kind of, in that, in that uh, space, so the piece itself was called um, Stack, if I recall, um and when you when you sort of walked in there, um, depending on which moment you arrived, you would either encounter that um, you know, sort of for a brief moment, this kind of abstract space, and then all of a sudden this image would be overlaid on top of it. Um and even that it felt a little abstract until there was a little bit of motion. It was the, it was these kind of like the slight movements that cued you into the fact that, um, that this was indeed a video and that it was, these were, you know, sort of like actual bodies uh, um, and plates. And, um, you know, it was like a kitchen. Um, and maybe that's, you know, there's, maybe there is a kind of like a metaphor there for like a house is just a house um, until people start living in it and then it becomes a home. Um, and then there's a whole layer of um, of kind of like psychodynamics, you know, of emotion, of subjectivity that kind of gets laid on top of that. Um, so your, I, th- I thought your installation actually kind of kind of uh, reminded me of our own relationship to the spaces in which we sort of live or inhabit in a kind of interesting way. There was um, a, a sort of an audio component to that as well, no?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to share our last name because that's related to the audio. Yeah, yeah. Um, the audio was from um, Ann Carson's work. Um, it was a whole series of kind of Small lectures that had been pulled together into kind of like a compilation called Float, and this particular piece was um, called Stack, and it was like a whole list of. It begins with a list, and then she kind of goes into it and sort of she does this like really beautiful meld between like kind of ancient mythology and you know contemporary life, and and sort of in pulls from both and kind of endows them with a sort of like living feeling of both ancient and present. And um, anyway, but that was, so that list that she went over was what was being repeated inside of that space. So it was like thunderstorm stack, you know, stack for- Jezebel. Jezebel, that's
2: right. All kinds of stacks. And we actually gave ourselves the name, our last name, uh, ReStack based on that poem. So yeah. there's a tie that way as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was like this like desire for um, like, like just being able to, like there's something actually very liberating about like, just like, you're like, oh, like I thought a name was this static thing and like, actually you can change it, you know? Like, so this idea of like the sort of, I don't know, like empowerment of like an individual, like in relation to like just changing a name or like restacking, you know? Priority kind of going against some sort of like patriarchal, you know order system, you know, like so um, Those were it it seemed really important at the time and still does actually it seems continues to be relevant
0: Yeah, I mean that kind of um, a kind of connection between the the sort of the, the sort of ordinary and conventional I mean things as simple as a name You know, we don't think, we don't tend to think about those. They just, we kind of receive them. Um, Mm. But I think the fact of changing your name is really emblematic of sort of, in a way, what you've tried to do in general, in terms of, you know, connecting your ordinary lives to kind of larger, grander, even more sort of like mysterious and beautiful. things. Um, but I had a question actually, it was not, um, that was maybe a little bit more simple, is like, how did you um, start to think of yourselves as an artist, I mean, as an artist couple? You both had, have in, in independent kind of established practices, um, but then the idea to sort of join forces into um, a kind of collaborative entity is is an interesting leap. Um, tell me about that
2: Um, I I would say um, both of us in our individual way have always dealt with the present like our work always is about whatever where we are what is currently sort of pulling at the heart at that time so uh, we each have taken those things on and then when we got together like I would say there's no greater challenge than love and so like to step towards things uh if that's the way we operate as people and artists in the world well, it makes perfect sense to step into making together uh and take that subject on and plus like um for me um my work is my most um uh core self is my my identity of uh, and my 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 heart place uh, is in the work. So um, to open that up to Sheila and be able to work together is like, I couldn't be any closer to anybody else because that's, you know, the closest
0: place.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. I I feel like- core element of yourself. It's like, there's really no option but to, uh, you know, to share that if you're really going to share uh, uh, everything.
1: No? Yeah, I mean, it's like that thing that like you would always like wish of your students, you know, like, you know um, Allow yourself to be vulnerable, right? And it's like there could be nothing more vulnerable I agree with Danny then making work together because work comes from this like very raw Interior sort of space and to allow another person into that is like it takes like an immense amount of work <laughs> you know, To be able to do that. But I was gonna say like in terms of um this idea of like artist couple, like I feel like we're very much like different people. You know what I mean? Like I feel like we're, our energies are so different and yet there's something that comes and and we have this kind of autonomy, but then there's something that comes from like putting those energies together that yields something else that like continues to be like exciting and we're curious about it and takes hard work that yields like surprising results. And so like, that's kind of what I think keeps us committed. And I don't think there's like some sort of like master plan of like, we're gonna be like an artist couple for, you know, all time, but it's like, this is what feels really generative right now. So let's let's do this. So, yeah. yeah.
0: <clears throat> that's really, um, you know, I, I think it's quite brave uh, to to step into that uh, a collaborative space when we, and we tend to think of artists as being um, you know kind of alone in their garrets um, it's a you know it's a cliche of course um, but um, you know a lot of my artist friends at at the moment are like actually my you know my life hasn't changed very much at all I'm always in the studio and doing my thing and um, um, but to to kind of like Open that open that relationship up, which could qu- also, I guess, quite easily be a sort of, um, you know, a, ordinary. Doesn't seem quite the word. I was thinking of your work, um, you know, uh, the work, your piece uh, trilogy, in fact, titled "Strangely Ordinary." This Devo- this devotion. Um, so I mean, maybe we can talk about the word "ordinary" in a bit, but but um, but. You know, it could be quite easy to to kind of have an ordinary life walled off from your lives as as artists. You know, we can compartmentalize um, like that all the time, but but um, but you know, you have broken down that barrier in a really kind of intense way um, in in your work. Um, but it may be curious, sort of like you know, and you're often actually working in your home, if you're filming something um, and with your family, with your daughter. um, And I was just curious, like how, how that, um, you know, how you cross that line from a kind of having breakfast (laughs) um, to making art, um, you know, or is that, are you just sort of constantly shooting and And making work, and then figuring it out later in the studio, or is it more the case that you are sort of you have um, you know hours where you work together, Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: then um, you know and then build up to turning the camera on or something like Mm -hmm.
2: that? Can I share the screen? Yeah, sure. So I'll share the screen so we so that we can show that. this is an instance where um, we were we couldn't get a babysitter, and so we were home, and Rose was sleeping upstairs, so we went outside to make a shot in the hammock in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's stones out there and a couple seashells. And so the ordinary is like um, the backyard, but then we can compose something uh, to tell a story or um, just change change it up. Uh, This was a moment of of ritual in the video for um, conducting magic. And um, it was all tied to water. The whole project of Strangely Ordinary, was this devotion was about um, the water crisis and the magic that we wanted to uh, bring as a solution to that problem was a fantasy where we had a magic that could um, uh, let, allow children to breathe underwater. To, to live without water. Live without water. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> they're not living underwater. Uh, here's, here's us underwater. We did a lot of underwater shots. But mm-hmm. um, so, so the idea, uh, here's an example of the kitchen uh, with a bag of water hanging. Uh, we rigged up a, a cable and hung this bag of water that had a feather in it. Um, and and it just became part of the kitchen for a while and it changes the kitchen. And I think like in
1: relation to your question too, um, Tyler, like there's there's so many different levels of engagement in terms of like, sometimes something is happening and it's like, it's really funny or it's really beautiful or it's just like, and you're just like, boom, like, gotta, like, document that. It's that, like, urge for, like, documentation. Um, And I think both of us, sometimes we're, like, totally, like, mind-reading, like, this needs to be documented, you know, then we also have things that we kind of move towards on our own. And then there's also, like, those things that are, like, much more planned because they're part of the narrative, which, uh, experimental narrative, like, it may not be, like, explicit to a viewer, but we may decide that, you know there needs to be a shoot in our alley, and it could be like highly constructed. You know, like we know at what time people are coming over. We know we're going to film it. Um, you know, and and we know exactly what they're going to do. So there's like all of these um, kind of different levels of how we pull footage together, and then um, uh, there's also just like a kind of heightened sensitivity, like of when you're engaged in a particular project. I think you start to see the world through those eyes and so you'll like start to, if we're working on a particular video, you'll start to see things that fit into into that logic. And so that kind of like, I think that that also is another way of sort of pulling, um, you know, material that we could use. Um, so I think it's like a sort of variation between all of those things. And I agree, like there is something like kind of deeply, I hesitate to use the word radical because I know, like, Deeply honest and vulnerable about it, but I think that that's one of the places where like for me like collaboration It's like we're doing this together. You know what I mean? And by together I even mean as a family, you know, like that This is like something we engage in together and there's something about that sort of like shared work that makes it easier to um, Kind of like put out into the world because we've worked on it collaboratively
0: hmm
2: this, this uh, is an example of a, a highly constructed shot. And so was that drone shot. Like we didn't just shoot those off the cuff, right? We had to invite people and we set up a, a screen and projection out there and, and um, had a drone operator. Uh, and then this, for instance, we, we, we made this space all yellow. Um, and uh, so sometimes it's very, considered thought through and planned and then other times um, like this shot here uh, we were thinking about the alley and um, our friend Dan Jan stepped by and we were like, hey you want to go to the alley and shoot in the um, dig up this plant and bury a stone uh, for this piece we're working on and she was like sure so uh,
0: we did it. And that's right in the, you know, right in the alley behind your house there. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's like, that's like that's key. It's got to be like readily accessible. You're gonna be able to have to walk to it without hiring a babysitter. <laughs> you know, like so. Um, I think that that's. I guess like when you were talking about the, the normal or the banal, like that is like a place of interest because it's like how can you make this kind of space that feels like it does get compartmentalized is like not interesting you know um, how can you like how can you reinvigorate that because that is what's available to us right so it's like well how can we use it or how can it become something else and like I think that fantasy plays a part and that is something that I think we learn partly from Rose as well because she's absolutely capable and I'm sure Teo is too of like being in a room and then suddenly like on another planet you know what i mean like they're like their imaginative world is like really um flexible
0: so yeah i mean i think there's a way i mean we learn a lot from our children um you know and um and i think there's a, a way where you know children and maybe pets uh, as well <laughs> kind of enchant um your, that every day, they bring something, you know, quite different to it or very sort of, but I think this is like, I mean, when I think of your work, I I really think about um, a kind of startling sense of of honesty, a feeling that you're really sort of deliberate about revealing something of your lives. Um, It can be quite intimate or it could be quite regular or it could be quite Um, heightened, you know, by this sense of, uh, you know, ritual or making, you know, filling it with something that is kind of um, deep and meaningful. Um, And I, I guess my question is like, what is that? What is that something? Or, and how does it, and what's the relationship between that, that sort of intent to create something that is really, generative and you know evocative and the art making kind of process itself like does the art making itself all of a sudden bring that sense of enchantment of the of the ordinary um could it exist apart from that um, yeah. or do you think you really need the sort of um the onus to create something to to make that
2: Happen. So um, that's a complicated question, but I feel yeah, like of uh, <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of the Sorry. things just, in terms of luck. like, uh, I mean, one simple way to say it is like, why do you guys show all that private space to, on the screen? Like, why would you do that? And, and um, there's intention there because. Uh, when do you see lesbian-made film uh, of lesbian? I mean, mostly men make lesbian film, and so here's a lesbians making the work uh, showing the everyday or you know intimacy as a way of like saying normalizing it. Like it's it's just our family. Here's how our family works, and it never has airtime. Not much airtime. So uh, we're going to make sure there is some airtime, um, and you know, there's kind of hierarchy that seems to exist with, between the personal and the theoretical. Like art that's personal sometimes is deemed sentimental or something, and we we work really hard to not do that, um, and and to you know translate uh, the personal into a formal gesture, but. Um, the personal is political, obviously, exactly. and um you know there's there's something you know maybe someone will relate uh most likely they would because they're personal if we're gonna operate if we're gonna share our personness uh in an honest way, then somebody else will probably identify with it, and that's the connection piece that um is why it's worthwhile to show anything,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I think honesty like there's something felt you know like in terms of I think the work like there's like a felt quality to even the way that sense is created it's a very sort of like visceral or haptic kind of relationship so it's like a felt relationship but I think that like honesty or like kind of vulnerability is also like it's something that people can feel when it's real so and I think that that's like a really interesting thing to think about that that's like something that they can identify with. And I think that on that other level that it is like, yeah, please, like, can we have some images of the things that I never saw, you know, like as a child? And I mean, there's so many other things that need to be made as well too, but this is just like, I mean, when we filmed like a DIY insemination, it's like, that was just like not part of my like vocabulary growing up in rural Nova Scotia. And it feels like pretty, great to be able to like make something and be like yeah this is okay you can make work about this you know and and make it evocative and beautiful and potent and unknowable you know like as well and so I think that that is a big part of it but I also feel like in that same way there's like a reclamation to be made for the domestic space itself like it feels like so shut down um, in some ways and I I feel like you know when you're talking about what is that thing it's like could it be like the possibility for like fantasy to coexist with our most mundane kind of you know things that we do? Like, is that like what the space is asking? Is that what it's asking? I don't, I don't really know. I mean, and I know that at one point, Danny like used the word like feral domestic in relation to the um, in relation to the work, and that like kind of implies like something recognizable and unrecognizable, you know, at the same time. And I feel like that that's like a nice way of thinking about that kind of friction of like, mm-hmm. what's happening? I know this, but yet I don't.
2: And and if feral could mean for humans, like refusal, I'm gonna be a refusenik to the status quo. My whole life is not gonna be about scrambling for more. Okay, so I'm gonna have a feral approach, which means follow my dreams or something. I mean, or like, make choices, you know, that are um, like how to raise a kid and how to spend a day, you know, restack the priority type of thing. And I can say that would be a feral domestic because uh, I, I, I'm refusing to be a, a cog in the machine.
1: But I also think it can be like feral. Once you do something, once you make an action, once you push on something, once you hang a water bag in the kitchen, um, it's like suddenly even like, you know, pouring out the Rice Krispies has like a different kind of feel to it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it kind of like, it pushes (laughs) other things into a place of unrecognizability as well. So that's like, it's not just the feral act. It's like how the other boring things like look up against it.
0: I love this um, notion of, I mean, I love the kind of the sensuousness of, of your work. And because it does, it does connect, um, I think, to the viewer on a really visceral level, but also this layer uh, that you're kind of describing as like fantasy um, it, and, and how that can, can sort of animate um, our lives um, and make them strange um, and make us sort of think about the kind of, and rethink the the kind of conventions around like the definition of the family and how we relate to each other and, you know, to make them sort of our own um, and make them anew by making them weird <laughs> first, <Wow>. you know? <laughs> As an image and be like, oh, actually, you know, that is possible, um, you know? It's immensely, I think, freeing in your work. And I, I really, I love it. I, I know, um, you know, we're in a moment where there's so many people doing these kind of creative disruptions to their lives. I mean, people have a bit more time at home now and there, are um, you know, the, the museum or men, many museums around, around the country, around the world have, have sort of um, challenged people uh, with particular things, um, I've sort of I asked you before this to kind of like maybe think of some creative challenge that you could um, that you could offer our viewers r- right now. So um, so please go ahead. Okay,
2: okay. well um, I I think uh, th- the thing that you know is possible for every single person is pay attention. So um, it's just about like. I was thinking about the cat and how like, um, if you, you know, it's just a cat taking a nap over there. But if I zoom in, like all I need to do is like, do like this, I can zoom into his fur and start to think about texture and color. And like all of a sudden it's, it's, um, it's a potential place to, um, engage in a different way. So I think, I think the, the, uh, possibilities are endless for when it's just about paying attention.
1: Yeah, I was, um, I mean, earlier Danny was suggesting something else, which was like to take something from a, from one place and put it into another. So like take something that you would never expect to put into the kitchen and like put it in the kitchen and just live with it it for a while and then see what happens and kind of like observe your own kind of reactions. And how long does it take to get, you know, comfortable with like a bag of water hanging in your kitchen and like yeah. you know um, so just that idea of like switching up um, you know expectations of spaces
0: I love it uh, I'm gonna try something like that I'm <laughs> <laughs> we love <want> proof. <laughs> yeah. well I think our um, I think our time is up but I um, I um, I've loved talking to you both. Um, Thank you so much for uh, for for doing this. And thank you. Yeah, and maybe hold up that card again that you had.
1: Thank you, Tyler. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, all Nikki and everyone. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. There's so much. Yeah. Should Should we sign
1: out? Do we leave the meeting?